and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 267! My name is Caitlin, and with me today are... Jake! Chris! James! I'm James! Oh, wow! James! Oh, hi, hi! When did you get here? I've been here in the walls. (laughs) (laughs) We can smell it. There's no toilet in the walls. If you were in the crawl space for six months, you would stink, my man. Sometimes leaves. That's not what you said. Oh, wow. All right. Well, James is here and he's being a mopey. I'm not mopey or mopey. Wow, wow. Well, we're here today to do a season wrap of The Voyager, uh, which means we're going to discuss Scorpion Part 1 and Scorpion Part 2. Can I just talk about them like one episode? Yes. Yeah. So we always okay, do. great, because uh, there's going to be a yeah. miracle if I remember how this goes anyway. I mean, almost nothing happened, so. The Borgs. Yeah, that's right. Flying around in space, and Kess is having horrible dreams about like cut up Borgs and shit, and she's like the fuck. And somewhere far away, but not that far away, an alien even greater, more dangerous than the Borg, is killing the fuck out of a lot of Borg. We're talking major cubes full of Borgs. The Voyager is like, holy shit, we can't get past the Borgs or that alien thing that kind of looks like Sebulba from episode one, just a little bit. It's got a little Sebulba going on. It also kind of looks like a dinosaur. Anyway, but not like the dinosaurs we talked about recently. No, no, less bipedal. A lot um, of legs. A lot of legs in many, these fuckers. Many legs, lots of psychic ability, and did I mention that they can kill the shit out of Borgs? They have so, so much DNA. Dude, so much <laughs> DNA. We discover uh, these aliens when the Voyager, the intrepid Voyager crew, goes to explore some Borg cube wreckage, and there be dead Borg everywhere. And they discover the alien's ship, and they're like, oh no, it's like a ship, and it's bi- it's like biomaterial, and oh wow, weird ship, and it's like, it's Discovery. But oh anyway, no, how does Harry Kim take this news? Uh, by getting aliened right in the face. God damn it, Harry, every time! <laughs> and he winds up in a weird coma with tendrils growing on his face, and they're like, I don't know, man, we can't fix it. But the doctor's like, actually, maybe we can. If I use these Borg nanobots and shove them into his alien cake hole, we can try to eliminate the... The alien virus. The alien cake. Guess what? It works, which is really cool. And then Janeway is like, wait a minute. If this will work to destroy the alien cells that were rapidly reproducing and killing the shit out of Harry Kim, perhaps we can use them against the real aliens. Perhaps we should become friends with the Borg and tell them, hey, we've got this super weapon. Let's work together. And Chakotay is like, my people have a story about a scorpion and a fox. And the fox gets foxed, if you know what I mean. The scorpion foxes over the fox. I'm trying to... (laughs) Is it it fox or frog? That's the thing. It's It's, normally frog, but in the episode uh, it was a fox. But this is because this is his people's version of that story. Well, this is also because we couldn't get the Ferengi in this episode. (laughs) Because they're frogs. I don't get it, man. Frogs don't have ears. (laughs) Nothing like frogs. Nothing like frogs. Uh, Ribbit and hop. I've sure. not heard of Ferengi Ribbit. I've heard of Ferengi ah! quite a bit, but <laughs> anyway, so we're like, yeah, let's team up with the Borg. And the Borg's like, here's our friend, Seven of Nine. Seven of Nine of the Borg 
collaborative cube number 45,622, but you can just call me seven of nine. My friends call me seven of nine. Get fucked. Anyway. She doesn't have friends. <laughs> That's true. She wouldn't even be her friend, probably. And I don't like her. Anyway. <laughs> So we're teaming up with the Borg and everything's going great and all of a sudden the alien destroys the Borg cube that Seven of Nine and Janeway and people are hanging out with so they have to get back to the ship. But on the way back, Janeway gets, I don't know, knocked out by some blue barrels, I guess? I don't really know. So she's in a coma or something and she's like, Chakotay, you have to make this work with the Borg. And Chakotay's like, well, the first fucking thing I'm doing is not making this work with the Borg. (laughs) So I'm glad that bitch is gone. And he's like, guess what, Borg? We're breaking up. And they're like... No. I don't really remember what happens after this. They tried to hijack the ship. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they go into, like, some other dimension. And they're like, by the way, did we mention that the reason why these big crazy aliens are fucking with us is because we actually went into their dimension after them to assimilate them? And Chakotay's like, you sons of bitches. This is all your fault. And uh, 9 is like, what if we make lots of big warheads and blow them all the fuck sky high? And at some point, Janeway comes back to life and is like, I didn't agree to that. We could use photon torpedoes, maybe, but no warheads. <laughs> and uh, they blow up the aliens. They blow up like two of their ships because she's like, all right, but well, we'll just show them that we can fuck them up because right now they think they're invulnerable. And if we show them that we can kick their dicks, maybe they'll just go away. And she's right, that totally works. And the day is saved. And uh, as one last thing, they short-circuit all of Seven's Borg bits and are like, we're going to make her a real boy again. Bring her to the hollow doctor. (laughs) And that's it. Job well done. Let's cap it off with some kidnapping. Yep. So, I mean, to be fair, Seven proved to be the scorpion, the frog, one of the, the things. I mean, she was going to scorpionize them. She was going to scorpion every of them. So. so I had said a while ago, I forget if I said it in the show or not, that the frequent issue with Star Trek two-parters is that it kind of feels like with a lot of them, they didn't have enough material for two episodes, but too much for one. In this case, I don't think they had enough for one. What? Not, not a lot happens. I, yeah. I'd agree with that. I, like, I, this did not have to be two episodes. Robin, this you, was an episode... This, this was a meeting that could have been an email. Yeah. I mean, this, is a, this is basically a shot-for-shot remake of um, Best, of, Best of Both Worlds. Worlds. Complete with the captain gets captured and disabled by the Borgs. She references those... Uh, those uh, happenings as well. Yeah. She's like, you could uh, elect someone to talk to me. You know, like you did that time with Lucutus. Yeah. Yeah, but they this... like they basically uh, follows all the same beats pretty much right up to the end. But like, without being at all compelling. Mm. It also... Really? Oh, just... yeah. This episode was... They fucked, up, they fucked up the cliffhanger. Oh, like, yeah. The cliffhanger no, what a weird... worlds was the yeah, best. that was not a good The cliffhanger here was, will they all die? <laughs> I, really, I remember when it stopped there, I was like, this is where they... That, like, that's that's a cliffhanger for a mid-season two-parter, not an end-of-season two-parter. Like, this was... Yeah, and all the bullshit with Da Vinci was just obviously padding. I didn't padding. care for the Da Vinci stuff. I like John Rhys-Davies. Oh, he was great, but I could have done without those scenes. I, I liked those as, like, 
I mean, I, I don't know if they really tie into any of the rest of the episode. Not at all. But they, it did... were, they were there because Mulgrew requested Da Vinci. I mean, I think that's a good that's a good fit. I think that's I mean, a better thing for her to be doing than just being like school teacher to children she or whatever. Finally, oh, she finally, yeah, she finally wore out that Lord Burley program to the yeah. point where the computer wouldn't let her start it again. <laughs> And they're like, here, fuck Da Vinci instead. <laughs> the computer was like, please, I'm tired. <laughs> uh, the yeah. spirit is willing, but the bits are smushing no. No. We've been rewatching Futurama. What an excellent uh, thing to mention. Uh, yeah, no, like I, I was saying on the way over, like, there were worse episodes this season, but this is probably the worst finale we've had. I don't know if I agree with any of what you guys are talking about. Interesting. I would say, for one thing, I think this is one of the rare instances where a part two is better than a part one. I will say I'll agree with that. Because mm. I think part one was all set up. Yeah. And there was some interesting stuff like, okay, ally with the Borg. Interesting. Oh, an alien species that can actually, you know, make the Borg cower in their boots. Interesting. Where are we going with this? Oh, we're going to end the episode right there. That's okay. We've done this. So much bickering with Chakotay. And that I think all gets way more interesting in part two. I think part two actually has the story. Mm. I, I I would definitely agree to that. Um, like the the one thing I do really like the what's it the the intro to the first episode is really good. Oh, with the Borg. Yeah, the Borg. Yeah. The Borg are just in space. Fucked. Yeah, and they're like, it's like, you will be assimilated. Resistance is futile. Oh, the, like, and the then ten they just, second teaser? Yeah, and then they just fucking blow up, and that's the end of the teaser. It's just something just nukes the Borg. Like, I really like that intro. Yeah, the first, the first one really does feel like it's all set up that could have been done in maybe, like, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. Yeah, like, I mean, maybe not watching them back-to-back would have been better, but I was just so so checked out by the end of the first episode that it was hard to care when the second episode was happening. Like, I watched it, but I was just like, we done yet? I got, like, literally anything else to do. Wow, see, this is one of the more, the one of the most highly rated episodes on IMDb of this show. And it's also when, like, the pandemic hit and a lot of people were watching Netflix all the time. Mm. Can confirm this is a thing that happened. This is, like, the top-watched episode really? on wow. Netflix. I, I wonder if it is because it's the introduction of Seven of Nine. I yeah. think that's exactly what it is. Yeah, like, I think so. Yeah. She was not even in the first episode. She, she Yeah, she wasn't cast until after. Yeah. I think yeah. people consider this, like, the series premiere if you don't count the first three seasons of voyager because now that we've got seven of nine it's gonna be kind of a new show yeah yeah it becomes the janeway and seven of nine show Mm. with special guest star the doctor i actually even had kind of a problem with her because i feel like they were writing her as too like she was recognizable as the character i semi remember from having not watched this show in 20 years but it's like, shouldn't she be a bit more orgy right now? <laughs> like, she feels too individual already. Well that, well, that was the whole point of that of her, though, was that Janeway insisted that the Borg create a... A speaker, An yeah, individual. But, but, I mean, even Locutus felt more... Like, yeah, he was the mouthpiece, but he still felt like he was part of the collective more directly. That's because he still talked like this. Yeah, like, she just felt a little too already autonomous in a way. Like, I don't know what they could have done to fix that, but she just I mean, felt I, a little... I think it was 
not something that needed to be fixed. I think that was the intention with with introducing that character. No, no I just I think they I think they bungled it. I think she should have been like at least a little a little more robotic seeming at least. I mean, the other, I mean the other thing is that they they depict that she can function independent of the collective. Yeah, when, that's they, when they go to the, the true, fluidic space. The fluidic space, she's just on her own yeah. and has to improvise shit. Yeah. Well, they've also been to fluidic space before. I think they kind of understand that area. So the thing that I hated about this episode, the thing that knocks this episode from a 9.9 out of 10 down to a 0.004 out of a thousand. No. Chakotay orders the cargo bay to be vented into space. And we see that. We see the decompression. We see the Borgs flying out. Mm -hmm. We see Seven of Nine almost getting blown out. But... She manages to save herself, and then she calls the bridge. Mm, I thought of this and <laughs> speaks to them. Now we know that Borgs can survive outside in space. That's that's not in dispute. We know that works. However, even if they're alive, they cannot speak English. They can use their Borg brain talk, I'm sure, but they can't use their mouths and lungs and vocal cords to speak. So, see, she, I, I assume she just tapped directly into the comm system. Yeah, she might have been using Borg Wi-Fi. Then it should have been Majel doing the voice for it. <laughs> Borg Majel. Ooh, that would have been hot. funny, but just would have confused people. Mm. Yeah, regarding the Seven character, I've seen it described somewhere. I think it was in my Delta Quadrant book. Someone saying... Jerry Ryan is too good of an actress for this episode. And I think that might be what the struggle is, is she's doing the acting. Because when they brought her on for this role and they cast her as Seven of Nine, they told her she was going to be an independent Borg character. Mm. She was going to be like a like a post-Borg character. And they come in and they put her in the Borg costume and say, you're still in the Borg right now. And she's like, I was not prepared for this. Mm, that'll that'll do it. Yeah, no, if you've been getting into that headspace, then... Yeah, what, what I saw, it really seemed like there wasn't a lot of communication with Jerry Ryan on like what the character no, was going to that's, be. That's what I understood What too. she was going to be asked to do. Like, because it did seem like she, she wasn't... She didn't know she was going to have to wear the whole getup. She didn't know she was going to have lines as a Borg. Yeah. Mm. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Like there some of the some of the interviews and stuff were it looked really interesting cuz Jerry Ryan seemed to be very like open and honest about like, you know, kind of like the struggles and insecurities she had starting. You know, mentioning like kind of freaking out and like running to the producer just being like, oh, "What am I doing? This isn't what I was expecting." And I thought that was interesting and refreshing. Yeah. Also, so, I can't fucking turn my head in this thing without passing out. Oh god. Because yeah. that fucking thing on her neck on all the back of her head and just all oh, just all all of this was just like claustrophobic and actually pressing on her carotid artery the whole I, time. Wow, Jesus see, Christ! It's no, funny you, you mentioned that because I remember even during the episode noticing times where it's like either the latex is coming off or this is really fucking up her neck. And holy shit, it was really fucking up her yeah. neck. But it, you know, I, I have to give her a lot of credit. She did, I think, at least in terms of the body acting, she really did nailed the board. Like there was a point where she does the old body and then head turn thing. That's true. Which yes. I was like, Ooh. I was shocked she could turn her head that <laughs> far in that thing. I was like, oh, she did it. She did the head her, thing. Her and Michael Keaton should compare notes. Yeah, I loved her entrance too, with the with the with the dry ice coming through the walls and the little fl- uh, flippers that come off uh, off of the the corset. That and she walks out. See, like 
I was torn because, like, you're right, that's cool. But on the other hand, it's definitely meta. Mm. It's like, here comes this new character! Which, oh, you yeah. know. Yeah, you know, you knew right away it was a main character. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't mind the fact that her fucking name is already in the opening credits. Yeah, and like, now what I, I'll, the other thing that's suspicious to me is what possible need could the collective have for that pair of tits? Pick me, pick me. What? Future Borg Queen. Oh, okay. but why does she need tits? Because all the future, all the Borg babies. The, 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 the Borgs need All to the nurse. Borgs have tits. <laughs> oh, no. All the Borg queens. Wow. I mean, yeah. I, I... Breasts are the superior physical trait absorbed by numerous Because, like, I mean, it's not just that, like, sure, her biological structure has large breasts. So I guess the collective needs to adapt as they are want to do but they didn't have to build a, a borg uh sheath chassis chassis yeah yeah that that explicitly accentuated them i mean if you would like to know the reason when they wrote the script in is the it script, because she has breasts in this well in the script it says the borg female steps out of her alcove and through the vapor for the first time we get a clear look at her she is young striking covered with borg technology but clearly, once human. She was literally, like, in the script, like, probably before she was even cast, it was written they wanted a sexy Borg. Well, well, okay, so let's talk about that real quick, because that was 100%, and I don't know if the producers have officially confirmed this, but she was added to the cast for sex appeal, right? Like, that's, that's known. That's a known thing. The other thing I know that they wanted to add with her character was something that like the other series have, which is the character that is the the outsider, the other character, the the person who does not fit. So you got you know you got your Spock on TOS, you got your Data in TNG, you got your Odo in DS Nine. The things that don't fit, and they didn't have something like don't that. Don't worry, Odo can make it fit. Hey. I always thought that was the EMH. Yeah, they have the EMH for that. But the EMH never questions human shit. I guess. Like, I mean, like, yeah. like well, someone have, to come they, in and they, say, they, I don't they understand. Tuvok, they have Cass. They yeah, have Neil. They, have a they lot could of have. I think what they're having is a lot of excuses and they just what, really yeah, wanted they, tits. What they didn't have was TNA. There's even, there's even like a, a television trope about, you know, the sexy female alien. The sexy lamp? Oh, no, yeah. wait, that's different. Is it sexy lamp? Uh, yeah. Than sexy they, so they did, they did this they, probably around this time, well, shortly after this, I think, on Stargate, they introduce basically a very similar character where they have an alien who's incredibly hot with large tits and oh is it my my girl from farscape no 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 you no. that's who are you thinking of this is this i can't remember the character's name she was she was a tokra that is introduced and she's in a bunch of episodes and then just disappears like she's the leader of the tokra and um, takes her tits with her. <laughs> and takes her tits with her. And I and I was reading an, an interview with the creators, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, we saw how much success Voyager had with Seven of Nine, and we're like, oh well, we should do the uh, same thing. Like we nerds felt, like we, we tits. felt we felt pressure to have a sexy female alien in the in the show. And then you think Stargate would be above that? You, well, and then they real and then like they're like, you know what? Our numbers didn't really change much, and like. You know, she was fine, but we've already got good characters, so we don't need this shit. 
so that's why they, they stopped doing it. Yeah, I, well, so even, uh, what is it? I Maybe mean, not so not explicitly, but even the joke kind of with Leela in Futurama, they say was like, they want to do the sexy alien, but actually have her have something properly alien about her, which is why she's a cyclops. And, of course, we all know how that turns out, but no spoilers, I guess, just in case you've somehow not seen Futurama at this stage. The thing you were referring to? Oh, that thing. Um, I thought you meant the fact that she's actually a character and not really just a set of tits, almost uh, ever. Yeah, no, I mean, she was a proper character as well, but part of the idea behind her was, like, let's kind of slightly upend the sexy alien by having her be a cyclops and not just green or something. But yeah, no, I mean, obviously her very infamous jumpsuits I remembered. I'd forgotten how much her fucking Borg armor even didn't let her, like, not emphasize her physique. It's like, fucking really, Rick? Yeah, the the body casting stories that oh, Jerry God. Ryan is told. Because they had to basically take the cast of everything. They did yes. the cast of her head for all the stuff that goes on her head. The cast of her hands for her Borg hands. And then the cast of her whole goddamn body so that they could make the spandex suit. And then just stick Borg stuff on the spandex suit. Jesus. Yeah, the character on SG-1 was Denise. And here's what they said about it. So Anise, was her name? Yeah. She, she was like a guest star in a handful of episodes. So, she was introduced as a means to combat the ratings climb achieved by Star Trek Voyager's introduction of a sexy female cast member, Seven of Nine, a couple years earlier. Peter DeLuise explained that after reviewing the... He's the, one, of the, one of the head writers on the show, producers. Uh, after reviewing the ratings and determining that the series was performing fine as it was, the character was scrapped. <clears throat> the actress also auditioned for the role of Seven of Nine on Voyager. Yeah. So... Yeah. It also strikes me as a little bit as um, the the Cylon lady in Battlestar. Trisha Which number is she? Two? Four? Six? Seven? Six. Six. Trisha Helfer. Yeah. Yeah, who is gorgeous, and they show it all the time. Way too much. <laughs> yeah. But Jerry Ryan can also fucking act. So yeah, I think, I, and I think, yeah. you know, I think that the show gets a lot of flack for the Seven of Nine character, but... It's not like they got just some rando that, you know, if if she had just been like a, a bimbo, like they couldn't really act and, and just didn't fit the show, it would have been one thing. But I think they actually got a really decent actress. She, I mean, she winds up being like one of the stronger actresses on the show. Like oh, The writers sure. do wind up giving her a way more to work with than a lot of the other actors. But like, she's like really one of the best actors in the show. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk about this eventually, but it leads to some... But like behind the scenes issues. Yeah. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. Yeah. But yeah, I like even at the time, I mean, I would have been about thirteen years old. I was theoretically the target audience for like sexy board lady. And just at the time I found the idea of needing an overly sexed character or sexualized character to be like fucking embarrassing. I was like, come on guys. So it's really disappointing to hear that it helped the ratings that much. Well, you are a better man than me because I fucking loved Seven of Nine. I mean, I liked her as a character, but I was just like, I, you I let this woman wear... I loved her as more than a character. <laughs> like, can't you let this poor woman wear sensible clothes? Nope. Yeah, I think also, you know, because, you know, I watched this show when I was a kid, and I feel like I, d- I didn't even notice because it's something you see so fucking much. Mm. Like, you don't notice, like, oh, yeah, they got her in the tightest corset with her boot was basically, like, popping out, and, you know, the, the her... her underwear showing all the time this is just how they dress women because mm. you see it all the time and it didn't even phase me as a kid yeah i it, guess it just it felt weird for star trek for me you know i mean star trek has always 
had an element of ex- yeah. exploitive uh, yeah, I, I should, female body. Yeah, that's not to excuse the predecessor, but this one is just so, so bad. Like, it, it makes fucking Troy's awful jumpsuits look borderline dignified, and they at least eventually let her wear a real, wear a real uniform. Um, they order her to. And actually, I mean, there's a couple episodes where, uh, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, where 709 gets to wear a real uniform from time to time. And she looks great in a regular uniform, just like Troy, you know? It's like, hmm, you didn't actually have to slather it on so thick, guys. It still works. But Rick Berman's a pervert. To be fair, they're probably also, like, padding the uniform, so. Mm. Like, I know with poor poor, uh, Terry Farrell, they padded her uniform, so. I didn't know that. That's that's really depressing. They padded some of the men's uniforms. Well, all the men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to like give them like. Oh, like pecs. Yeah, to give them oh. give them pecs. I, saw, I thought <laughs> yeah. you meant they. Were I definitely went in a different direction. Them with no. Gym no. Oh no no no! No, to accentuate muscles. Only, that only may Decker not did there. that. I've got. I've started getting distracted all the time now because I feel like I noticed somewhere on the on anyone's uniform, everyone has shoulder pads, like thick. Yes, foam that is true. Shoulder pads. So the shoulder pad ends yeah. way up here above the shoulder, and then their little arms dangle out. Yeah, that and is... And it starts getting really distracting. <laughs> it is pretty noticeable, yeah. Um... And you notice it in all the series, too, is the thing. Because I know, like, um, uh, Will Wheaton has talked about how the, they had to, like, put a little muscle suit under his gray onesie to make him look, have, a, have that shape. When normally, you know, he's just boy-shaped. He's just, yeah. he's just a kid. Why? Yeah. He wouldn't look like this. I, mm, yeah, <laughs> that just... Makes me think of there were these really bad tie-in comic books from the early 90s. And I, I can't remember where. It was one of the two big comic companies published them. But whoever did the art didn't understand they weren't drawing a superhero comic at this point. So, like, all the men are, like, ludicrously buff. <laughs> like, like and, and wearing, like, their uniforms are even tighter than they actually were in seasons one and two. So, like, I'll try to find some. But there's panels of, like, just this hugely muscled Picard just charging around with his mm. fucking biceps and these pecs you could crush a can between. And you're just like, <laughs> did you look at a single photo of this show? Um, That's exactly what Jean-Luc Picard looks like. I don't see the problem. I mean, that's also just what comic books looked like in the 90s. I know, but, like, fucking try, dude. Um, Random comment. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the idea that it doesn't really get... It doesn't get brought up, so it's probably more like headcanony. And I, I think, like, so the board show up a lot later in the show, mm-hmm. which is kind of to its detriment, I think. But, like, right here, it's interesting that it seems to show, like, the Borg has literally no creativity whatsoever. Yeah. Because, like, they're, they're just, they just keep throwing ships at at Species 8472. Like, they, they don't do anything other than just kind of throw bodies at them. So the problem... And they're like, eventually we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Or we'll we'll, we'll find the solution somewhere else. Like, because they, they don't... all they, they never have to create stuff, usually, because they assimilate it. So they have, like, no, like, instinct for creativity when they just are always taking from other places. See, the problem is last week they assimilated Zap Brannigan. Yeah. Uh, so they just send wave after wave of their own men. That's what I was just right. thinking of yeah. when he said that. I was thinking the exact same Although, thing. Although, that, I guess, has kind of always just been their method, hasn't it? it right. Because that's the thing, when you don't actually care about your crew, you can just throw wave after wave of your own drones at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, there, there's a scene with Seven of Nine where, so, like, they've got, they've got, like, the truce in its way on the rocks, and Seven of Nine hears that, oh... 
species A four seven two has entered sector yeah. whatever. You know, eight planets are gone, and like it was like fifteen ships and four million Borg lost. And it's not like it's like it's really dispassionate, and they're just like, all right, that was too many. You know, it's like it's not worth that anymore. Uh, turn on the turn on the Voyager and then take it over. Mm. You know, but it's it's definitely not like. It's not really a change in tactic. They were just like, nah, all right, it's been enough people. Throw mm-hmm. these other people at yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of, like, I know Seven gives a great speech one, one at some point when she's, like, just berating the Voyager crew and basically describing America, which made me laugh a little inside, when she tells them, uh, you lack discipline, you lack cohesion, you lack greatness. It will be your undoing. And it's like, yeah, that's... That is kind of our undoing because we're doing it wrong right now. But the the individuality is what you guys lack and you're doing it wrong too. Yeah, I do like, and this is also, it feels underdeveloped in the episode where it is through the individuality that they're able to survive seven of nine like turning on them yeah. because you have you have Janeway saying believe in the truce follow the truce and then you have Chakotay saying I don't trust this because they are untrustworthy and so they kind of hedge their bets and they only do that because they had the two individuals and the two points of view in order to set up having this backup plan for Chakotay to counteract like the Borg activity yeah, mm. they used both, basically they used both of their plans in that plan right. to say, okay, this will go wrong, because of course it will go wrong, this is a Voyager episode. Have you seen Harry Kim's face? Mm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, that's, that's harsh, James. Aw. No, I like Garrett Long, he's fun. But to say like, okay, we're going to use all of our strengths, Chakotay, your strengths are your compassion. That's actually a thing you're good at. Janeway's strength is her determination. That's the thing she's good at. And they put the two together to come up with this plan. Yeah, I do. And I, I, I do feel like it was definitely underutilized because it's like if if the crew of the Voyager had been acting like the Borg, they just would have followed the truce to the end and never, never wasted time, quote unquote, having a backup plan right. yeah. until it was too late. They would have been scorpioned. Yeah. That said, I do question the ethics of like kidnapping seven of nine the yeah. way that they do because yes on one hand would you space her what would you do i do what they said they were going to do and drop her off on a planet you know that's what yeah, but then she assimilates do. the planet and use an abandoned planet i i do know that in following episodes they do continue to address seven of nine being on board but like yeah i suppose yeah. Some, I mean, I, I haven't, I did, I, I've not thought it through enough yet, but I kind of think of that. I suppose the the counter argument is she's actually being unkidnapped. Yeah, kind. Of, yeah. You know, there's definitely some like I don't know. This is some Jono shit. Yeah, like the Keening boy. Yeah. Yeah, but he also like, it's tricky, right? Like she was kidnapped and brainwashed, whereas he was just kidnapped and raised by a different culture. Like, what, what about the uh, the suddenly no that is a suddenly human kid. What about the uh, su- suddenly Cardassian kid? Oh, that was like raised by the Jorans. Yeah, where he was raised to hate Cardassians. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that thing that was a complicated one. I feel I feel like a lot of the complication ends up stripped away when it's the Borg, because they literally like yeah certainly there's there's prime directive doesn't apply because Borg. Mm, yeah, they're apparently you know the closest thing to evil in the galaxy. Picard said so. Yeah. Was it the no, other it was one? the other one that said yeah. so. What's yeah. really interesting is that they talk about the fact that she was taken really young, so I'm kind of curious. Like, I know 
that they're not going to actually do this, but it would be way more interesting to see her still acting like a 13-year-old in an adult body because she was kidnapped so young that she doesn't actually have any, like, human adult experience. She's always been part of the collective. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's something that, you know, seeing her kind of adjust to life as a human will be something that, that we'll see more of. Yeah, I do think um, she, in a, in, a, in a Borg way, matured past 13-year-olds, because she has had experiences. Yeah. Like, she doesn't view things from a, a un, un, unknowledgeable or undeveloped brain. She views them from a Borg brain, even even after she's been disconnected as we're gonna we're, we'll see lots of this in the future but i don't think she's adolescent brained yeah it's it's a little difficult just because so, like so little of the character is known right now yeah. i actually i did forget one thing that was in, i did forget that like you know it's like we get her human name of mm. annika right mm. away i actually yeah. thought that was something that like appears later like part parts of her past were like a mystery to her she didn't fully didn't fully remember or understand it I think that's still kind of the case, but when Chakotay dives into her mind using using the same trick that in the episode Unity mm-hmm. that the jerks used on him to get him to do something he didn't want to do. Well, it's he, like, heal his stupid head. Well, well no, but, no, yeah, later, they later tricked, they the tricked Oh, that part. Yes, into, that part. Into shooting, shooting Tuvok and... Yeah. Eh, yeah. Part of him kind of wanted to do that. And Kim, because of course you do. Yeah. But yeah, kind of like forcing forcing her to stop using the transponder connector or whatever mm. whatever it was that they had which is another instance of a r- rare amount of ref- you know continuity yeah mm-hmm. in the show that and the you know the lungs shared by Kess and neelix and the doctor's yeah. mobility unit it, they're it, good at gadgets and missing organs apparently <laughs> it, it really does kind of feel like that if you can fit it in a bread box they'll remember it yeah. <laughs> oh, right yeah but lung it, in a bread box it, <laughs> It, it feels like they were ma- like maybe the writers were starting to make efforts to try to sneak continuity in. Yeah. Because it's like they're stuck in the Delta Quadrant. Like literally all they have is their experiences from the past. Why not carry it forward? Mm. But I know that like over over time that really doesn't it doesn't increase anymore. Like right. I think there's like a couple episodes that are maybe sequels that reference you know previous stuff in the future but like this almost feels like the most referencing continuity that the show really will get mm. is this kind of episode mm. where it even referenced a different show yeah yeah i think they also had to make sure to sum up what happened in that show for people who didn't see that episode yeah. mm. which is always a, that's the tough thing about continuity and the tough thing also about continuity across a franchise is you have to make sure okay if someone hasn't un- hasn't seen Fucking a TOS episode from 60 years ago. Do they get what's going on? Yeah. Scotty! <laughs> yeah, I th- well, one thing about this episode that I thought was not necessary and... Oh, Leonardo da Vinci, yes. Eh, uh, no, it was the Kess stuff. Like, I didn't feel like it added much. Oh, the, um... The telepathy thing? The telepathy It just felt like it was tossed in there because like, oh, we need something for Kess to do... I feel like without getting into stuff we haven't gotten to yet, I think it's just laying some groundwork. Yeah. Also, I think it's them doing doing a good job because otherwise they'd have to animate mouths on Species 8472, <laughs> which they certainly so, well, wouldn't see, here's be like, I think I think it would have been well served for us not to hear from 8472. If, if they're just a, mis- a mysterious If they're phone? just a horrible monster. Plague. Yeah. Mm-hmm. like if, if you, like, I think 8472 works... 
more as a force of nature than as a villain. I mean, you can see that. I mean, literally, it's the same thing with the Borg. Yeah. Where the Borg are more interesting the less you can understand them. Yeah, and, definitely. You know, this this episode starts the process of being able to really understand the Borg in, in what I consider a negative way. And then they, they do immediately start with Species 8472, just right off the bat. They're already talking and, like, you know, having wants and desires and stuff. You and are like, unpure. Like, We're gonna purify you. This yeah. unit is perfect. This yeah. Unit is perfect. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what this, the, the dark secret that 8472 is the evolved form of nomad. Yay. Does them calling them 8472 mean that 8472 mean that they have conquered 8,471 species? Encountered. Not necessarily conquered. I'm pretty sure that they got that number from something that was scrawled on the walls of a bathroom. Call for Species a good time. Species 8472. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah, it's yeah. just four, four numbers. Because back in the day, oh my God. Yeah, no, we, four we, numbers yeah. are just yeah. just four. Yeah, yeah I remember. I also they were wondered, called four numbers. <laughs> I also wondered, does Kess know what they're called? Because she, could, she was speaking yeah. with them telepathically. No, because then they'd have to give them a name. Oh no, <laughs> can't do that. I I call them the Schmageckies. So, uh, what, what what was the Borg Corpse Tower? <laughs> yeah. That was uh, that was art. You mean you mean literally or in the show? Well, uh, both. You can answer the okay. literally because literally I also is a, literally is the funnest story I've ever heard. Ooh. Because they they knew okay we've got to create we've got to create a bunch of Borg corpses somewhere in this in this episode and they're like okay we have. We should try to spend less money on this because Jesus Christ, the CGI is a lot. There's a lot of CGI yeah. in this episode, guys. Clearly spent less money terrible. on it. What they did was they bought a bunch of Borg action figures. They cut them up and then super glued them into a pile and then shot them really close, and that's hilarious. Yeah, it kind, it kind of that. looked like a miniature, though. It, oh, looked, I it looked wow. that at all. Knowing it was a miniature, it looked better than I thought it. Really? I I will. I didn't know it was a miniature. Yeah, no, I'll give him that. Right off me and even the. Faces looked yeah. not, even though they didn't look like human faces, they didn't look like tiny faces. Yeah, yeah. I thought I I'll, I'll cop to the fact that I thought they just cut up a bunch of mannequins and put on like the most bright red fake blood ever, which <laughs> looked awful, and and especially on a CRT television like back yeah, in the day. Yeah, look too bad. Yeah, I also think it would have been nicer for us not to actually see the species 8472 aliens because one the mm. cgi didn't look great no, and it b terrible. it's just always so much scarier when it's just like the monster in the dark well they Maybe. showed him sparingly and also at the time they thought the cgi was great. oh sure they thought it looked perfect yeah well they're wrong because i remember even as a kid thinking it looked like shit so wow but like yeah maybe everyone's they, a critic especially maybe, little chris better maybe. than the macrocosm alien barely but yes <laughs> Um, like, maybe if they just limited it to, like, the flash Kess had of being reflected in one of their eyes, mm, that yeah. maybe would have been cool. Oh, that, yeah, the eyes didn't good. look good. But, see, I wanted it, I, but yeah, no. I wanted them to be completely alien. No, that's fair. That's fair. They live in fluidic space. They yeah. should be fishies. Yeah. They should, they should just, Aww. they shouldn't have eyes. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have anything resembling arms or a head or eyes. They should just be fucking alien. They should be like... They're going to look like those things in AI. They should look like nothing. That's what they should mm. look like. They should just... They, it should be a... Mo- it you should s- be invisible. You catch them in the corner of your eye. You're like, what was that? That's a Doctor Who episode. Ha- Harry Kim turns around. 
and all we see is him is like a whoosh and he goes ah and that's all we see of him we're like oh my god but to your point rossi it does seem weird that this species that up until this point has mostly just been blowing shit up and leaving that one of them took some time to make a serial killer that's round. true that's funny yeah. it seems a, totally right. opposed to everything else we see of them so I, I guess the only thing i could really think of is that the Borg were doing it and that maybe like so so 8472's cells like apparently individual cells can infect and start eating you yep and then like will form veins and stuff I, I guess to eat you better gross. um is very gross so I was thinking maybe the Borg like if a Borg looked down and his hand was infected he would just cut it off mm. and like throw it in the pile and then you'd look over and your buddy was like definitely dead so you just grab him and Put him in the pile with the rest of the... I, I don't think that's what the show is going for, but that makes more sense than... Well, unless this was the one psychopath 8472 right. that attacked this cube. You know, they're like... that's the They were like, hey, send, send Fred alone. Maybe he'll die. Is he the suitor of 8472? Yes. No, no. He is, he is the fucking, like, John Wayne Gacy or, or Dahmer of 8472. I mean, the Borg do... It is implied that the Borg, like, recycle their dead. True. So, maybe they got a... Maybe they put them into, like, a baler. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? Actually, that's... Because those were the bits they could reuse. The ones right. they couldn't were spaced. <laughs> that's, like, that's that's the pile. You know, someone walks up later, it's like, my left arm's feeling a... Oh, oh, this one's nice. It pops <laughs> off and clicks it on like, yeah! Thousands of species integrated and they're still slobs. <laughs> Just throw that wherever. Uh, that, that happened after they assimilated humans. They um, got the ADHD. One, one thing to kind of talk about is, like, it gets addressed later, like, way more directly, but, like, you know, Jennifer Lean is no longer a regular cast member. Mm. Yeah, yeah, she's not in the opening credits anymore. No, yeah, she's, no, she's, she's also under the starring. also starring because no. of a casting change between seasons. Yeah, and that's, you know, I mean, thing, of course, I remember thinking, I was like, wow, way to give, give it all away. But, of course, I'm sure at the time there was at least, you know, a friggin' TV guide full spread oh. about it. So there was, it wasn't a shock. I mean, it wouldn't have done any good to... That's, yeah. To recap, you know, to add this cast member that you're hoping to drive ratings up and not advertise it everywhere. So I'm sure there yeah. were TV guide covers. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, every entertainment magazine was probably following this. It was it was certainly well known that, yeah. that she was joining the Yeah, I, I remember back in the day, like, you know, going to the grocery store with my parents. Like, you would just see Star Trek stuff, like, on People magazine or whatever. Yeah. Whatever magazines would be around. It was like, very popular. Yeah. It was, it was surprisingly not niche at that yeah. point. Yeah. But, like, it is, it is sad that she is, you know, being lined down. Yeah, I know between seasons... Like, the rumors were spreading all over the place before they even knew what the hell was going on. That, okay, either Kess and or Kim are leaving. And because, you know, Kim hasn't done much other than get slapped around an awful lot. And they're so good at it. And Kess is like, and they, I think they did a lot of blaming the whole Kess's lifespan is going to become too much of a problem, which I don't think that was really the problem. No, not at all. No. Well, especially um, because they already gave us like a group of her species that lived longer than expected, so they yeah, could have figured out a way around it. it. There are plenty of outs. Yeah. Yeah. But also I know that, and this is hilarious, Garrett Wong recently had been named in the top 50 sexiest people in america list by people magazine so voyager wasn't going to get rid of him that's actually pretty i mean there's 
you know, frequently to this day see stories about how hard it is for Asian American males to be considered sexy. So good for him doing it in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. I think the one thing he mentioned, and I know we talked about Favorite Son a couple weeks ago, but I recently listened to his uh, Delta Flyer episode, and he just talked about how it was actually such great representation to watch an Asian American man kissing lots of women because you never see them get that kind of role. Yeah, and again, it's still a thing. Like, it was a big deal when the very short-lived selfie cast... um, John Cho. John Cho, future Sulu, future to us, passed at the time, as a romantic lead in a rom-com series. So it's unfortunately still... Very little progress has been made since the 90s on this this issue. Uh, I don't oh, know. oh, Jennifer Lee. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I also recall reading about that she was having a lot of personal problems at the time. Jennifer Lee, that there might have been substance issues and so yeah, I think they mentioned with... it in the captain's uh, the captain's seat that his the History Channel doc we were yeah, watching. Like she wasn't, she was not showing up on time and and missing a lot of rehearsals and things like that. So it sounded like there were offstage problems with the actor um, that's a bummer that also contributed to to why they they ditched her yeah it's really i really don't appreciate when like no so she was like 19 when the show started really was Was she really yeah i had no idea she was like really young i mean she was playing a two-year-old so um and like I don't know. It's it's just sort of like you know the the studio and instead of instead of like maybe investing time to like support like this you know really young person that you know it's like they hired and took on to a really studios don't do this really they still high don't do show. this right? I, I know it's like but it's still it's it's still just wrong and gross. I mean that's yeah. the... it's, it's 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 exploitive like taking say, someone and like throwing them a into... Hollywood studio exploiting right, people. Yeah. Like on, it's not it is not so. surprising but it is it is very you want upsetting. You want the stuff you like to be better, even though in reality it's all from the same group of assholes. I mean, that's why it's almost almost worse to have all these streaming shows, because it means they just have to constantly be cranking out content, Mm. which means you're constantly forcing actors to get things done in less time than than they probably used to. Like, I've been hearing lots of stories about how, you know, they're working extra long shifts and they're working more out, more days a week than they would uh, in, in past because they just have a, the tightest schedule to get all these shows out because they have to have more and more shows so that Netflix and whatever the other ones are and Amazon Prime and this thing and Apple television or whatever it is can have more shows, always more shows. Which is ridiculous because no one has time to watch them all. But someone might watch it once. And somehow they all star Pedro Pascal, and I don't understand. <laughs> a lot of them do. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm such a bad example. I like, I'm definitely one of those people whose anxiety manifests as I'm just gonna rewatch something I've seen a thousand times instead of watching new things. Same. Like getting me to watch something new is like pulling teeth sometimes. Just watch Great British Bake Off, then then you'll calm right down. Unless they're making show. something difficult in the technical, then that, it's the most stressful show in the world. I know we talked about this off air <laughs> recently, but the Great British Bake Off is the only cooking competition show that doesn't set me into a frothing rage. So, <laughs> good example. Because it just, it doesn't play up the dramatics like so many other ones. Although it's just about being pleasant and making cakes. That they're replacing, uh, they're, so they're, they're replacing Paul Hollywood with Gordon Ramsay next season. No, they're not. Are you joking? I will murder you. <laughs> I hate Jake sometimes. <laughs> 
Because uh, I was going to say, that was, was, that was why. That would, would, be, a great, that would be like a great like comic relief skit where it's like yeah. a great British bake-off with uh, Gordon Ramsay instead of Paul Hollywood. I, yeah, I, I bet. Instead, I, instead of a handshake, he gives you the finger. I, and you know, <laughs> I, I never dared dream I'd get the finger from Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> I feel like Ramsay'd be down, too. Yeah, probably. For, for the skit version? Yeah. yeah he, seems Wait, like, he seems like a decent guy in real life. Can what Noel Fielding be involved? Oh, yeah. Well, like, he I was afraid to... you were going to tell me something about Noel, because if Noel ever leaves, I don't know. It's going to break my heart when he goes. <sighs> but yeah, no, we, we always want our shows to be produced better, especially something like Star Trek, which is about being better. But yeah. unfortunately... Unfortunately, we have to cram women into cat suits. Well, yeah, the, the money men are in charge. Yeah, I, I remember years ago... This comic web comic I read was doing a fake interview with Rick Berman, and a it was fake just interview. Yeah, they like Uh-oh. drew a little Rick Berman. Oh no! <laughs> and he was in like a TOS uniform, but it was uh, is this is Randy. Yeah, this was it was green, and instead of like one of the department logos in his badge, it was a dollar sign. Nah. And that's the I don't know if you've ever watched an interview with that man, but he is one of the most unimaginative boring motherfuckers I have ever seen give an interview. Like, there is just no humanity or soul visible when he talks. It's astounding. Saying this is someone who just watched a lot of DVD special features, like, I I don't know what is inside of him. It's probably mostly cocaine and horniness. But, like, a counterpoint I always made was, like, you watch the making of stuff for episode one, which is an astoundingly bad movie. Mm-hmm. Of Star Wars. Yes. And... But George Lucas, when he talks, you get a little caught up in his sort of obvious enthusiasm. That's true. He had yeah. a vision. It was insane, but he yeah. had a vision. And if you watch, like, especially with episode one, that comes with all these documentaries they were making and the lead up, and you get caught up. And, yeah, yeah. And you're like, wait, I saw the result of this, though. <laughs> but, like, you can kind of see how people could get swept up with George Lucas. I don't understand how anyone could go along with anything Rick Berman says. The man is clearly a fucking robot. Speaking of fucking yeah, robots. To, to paraphrase, uh... <laughs> Our friends at, uh, what's the, what's the, what are those guys online? The, uh... Red Letter Media. Red Letter Media Oh, God, I picked it! <laughs> what's the deal with Rick's? Because, because there, there was a, I think it was in their episode one. Oh, Rick McCollum? Where they were, where they were talking, where they, they were talking about how much Rick McCollum sucks. Who's that? He was the one of the producers on the Star Wars prequels. Okay. And the and while he's describing that, he just shows a, a video of Rick Berman, mm. and he's like, "Oh, wrong Rick. <laughs> what's the what's, what's the what's the deal with Ricks?" Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, fucking robot. Yeah. Uh, we got Da Vinci building a robot. Yeah. That apparently was based on his real work. Oh, okay. Because I didn't they know that. they had some various doodles and sketches from Da Vinci, which is hilarious. And a computer program tried to figure out what it was that he was going to be building, and it was like, robot. Mm. Wow. But, like, of course... Probably robot. I I like... I guess, you know, because Da Vinci is both, you know, he's he's a polymath, right? He's, He's both an inventor and an artist, so, of course, his robot to help blacksmiths forge things isn't like a big piston that you know (laughs) or like a big hammer with like you know a wheel attached to it or something no it actually is a robot that makes a hammer swinging motion i I feel like da vinci was um like tesla before people got obsessed with tesla you know what i mean like slightly over exaggerating his work Mm. 
You know, like, I feel like nowadays the nerds are all obsessed with, like, oh, well, Nikola Tesla designed all these... He fucked stuff up. Let's calm down. <laughs> like, I feel like that's what Da Vinci... I feel like they're sort of in the same class of, like, we're going to exaggerate these people a little. Mm. And I feel like that's a direct result of that. You know, it's like people being like, oh, this is what he was in reality if he did think it through and was trying to make something that I think you're right. He probably would have just been like, you're the bigger beast and it's done by the, the water wheel and it's the bingy bangy bongy. Yep. Wow. Yep. Da Vinci also did get uh, the the first uh, fuck swear in Star Trek. He just happened to be an Italian. <laughs> that's awesome. That's beautiful. He said that's, fuck. He said uh, che cazzo, which means literally what the fuck. <laughs> che cazzo. I, okay, that's that's beautiful. It. Especially at some point I made a, I, I forget what it was, but I made a crack where somebody said fuck and Kate was like, no, they can't say fuck yet on Star Trek. Uh, well, apparently they can already do it. had. You can do it in Italian. It's like how uh, Picard used to say shit in French until somebody told the producers. So you're making tattletales. It only takes one person on the, to fuck on it up. the crew of that show spoke French or spoke enough French to know. It's a fucking isn't dead it language, yeah. Jake. It just everybody knows that. Uh, well, it probably what it comes down to is the one person it mattered to um, somehow didn't, and everyone else is like, shut the fuck up. You got to figure like if you're a censor at a network, you got to have like a list of swears in different languages. You'd think, but. They're sometimes very out of touch and boring people. Yeah, that's, that's actually true. Well, I also, I, I've also right. said sometimes stuff gets past censors because one of they'll, they'll all catch it, but no one wants to be on to admit they got the reference. Mm. And they're all so uptight, they're all just like, they're waiting for somebody else to say it and nobody does. So, you know, I feel like that's how some of the really dirty jokes in kids shows get through. Because mm. they don't want to be the one to say, they just said fingerprints. Okay. Fingerprints? I don't, I don't think yeah, so. It's, yeah. okay. it's an Animaniacs, and I'll explain it later. Bukaki? Apparently, Bukaki in Japanese means sauce, and that makes it so much worse. Or it's an excuse for the censors to not censor it. Oh, they're just talking about Japanese food with the delicious no. sauce on it. Anyway. So, fluidic space is weird. Crap. Well, speaking of Bukaki. Speaking of sauce. <laughs> I knew you didn't do it on purpose, but oh. goddamn, son. Sauce. But yes, it is. Yeah. I imagine it, like, I, 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 I mean, I guess it could be. The idea, though, that, like, I imagine it's a small pocket universe thing. I can't imagine it being a universe of goo and these guys and nothing else. Is it as big as our, is it just... That's what I mean, I imagine universe? it's... They kept it's, saying galaxy, like, they were just, like, jumping yeah, I don't to think it. they understood, the, the science wasn't quite working out. Yeah. Like, I could understand mm. another universe... Having a different density or something. Right. Why doesn't some of the goo come out whenever they open up that rifty thing? That's a, That's a good, good question. question. Yeah. Ew. I, well, like, why is the Voyager not getting crushed by the goo? Or does it have, like... Because the... Well, I guess Voyager, more than any other ship, is designed to work uh, not in a vacuum. In goo? <laughs> yeah. Well, because it, it can land. So it, it has to withstand at least atmospheric pressure. Structural integrity field shrug? See, that would have been cool. Like, as if when they were in fluidic space, you heard, like, the, the ship creaking. Mm. And it's like, and, like, and Taurus is like, I don't know how long we can keep the structural integrity fields mm. up with being in this high-pressure environment. Didn't mm. one of the Kelvin movies submerge the Enterprise in a pond or something? Yeah. Yes, uh, Into Darkness. The only good part of that movie, the opening ten minutes, ends with it rising out of the ocean. But again, it's a cool visual. It is. But it defies explanation, because if you're building a ship for space, you're not designing it for... Pr- 
un, to be to exist under pressure. You're no, designing but, it to exist in a vacuum. To their credit, they did have a, a line from Scotty talking about the fact that he had to like remove modifications he'd made to do that. Mm. Like I'm sure the amount of modifications would be ridiculous, but they, even they admitted like there was a line in there to be like, yeah, we science. We wanted the visual effect. The real thing else matters. Yeah. Yeah, this is the Futurama joke where they go under the water and they ask the professor, how many atmospheres can this handle? Well, it's a spaceship, so probably one. (laughs) (laughs) Between zero and one. Yes. Usually zero. I mean, you maybe just have to assume all Starfleet ships are designed to potentially go into an atmosphere higher than Earth's for reasons. Mm. So you're saying that they're all in duck boats? Yes. Cool. I mean... The Enterprise D didn't do very well when it went into an atmosphere. Being fair, it was already had the shit kicked out oh, of yeah, it by Klingons. But like all the windows shattered and stuff, so when they should have bent. Yeah, we when talked about that yeah. at the time. The last comment on fluidic space I wanted to make was that uh, I did think it was kind of interesting that depending depending on how the fluidic space works, like what if it's an actual like biological fluid? Like and a so, oh, no. well, no, it's, it's I don't know, it's like seven two whatever. It's, it's universe blood. I don't know. Oh, it's okay. just universe blood. I thought you were that. saying what if the no. the universe itself was a being. I mean, maybe you could you could go there if you wanted to go. Oh maybe. my god, it's actually just a variation on the founders. It's yeah. a universe of founders instead of a planet of founders. What if, yeah. what if the um, eight four seven two is like a super organism, right? Like because they mm. talk about how the yeah. ships are made out of the same stuff as yeah. the aliens. What if they're just like two super organism? You know, like they're all they're just parts of a larger super organism, and the fluidic space is like. The, the medium that, yeah. it grew, that it lives in. So I like that idea. So the reason I, I brought it up is because, like, they're very focused on, like, oh, you've contaminated us and, like, yeah. you know, it's like, we'll cleanse you. And, like, that would actually kind of make sense if, like, you're the literal medium in which you exist could be infected by something. Like, if it was, yeah. like, a semi-biological material, like, that was just yeah. universe mm-hmm. blood. And, like, it could, if, what if your universe could get sick? from you know something crossing in from elsewhere like i would be pretty upset and the the beings in the ships didn't even exist until the board showed up and pissed off the universe they're like well we gotta build something to fight it yeah Mm. i like that speaking of a472 we also find out that they have a ton of dna like Mm -hmm. a hundred times yeah when the doctor was describing the dna i couldn't help but picture the uh the person explaining why how uh no how uh Mr. Burns stays alive, oh. <laughs> like shoving all of the, the viruses through that little door. The Three Stooges effect. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he, so so the reason why they're impervious to assimilation and also you know traditional medical techniques is because of the Three Stooges effect. We literally can't put medicine into these cells because it's jam-packed with dna it it wound up having like the worst part of this episode was harry kim getting sick and dying and like janeway says like it's like can you sedate him he's like and he can't like the doctor cannot sedate harry kim oh worst part in the one in that you felt the worst oh yeah 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 yeah. no 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 like it's it's like it's awful to watch because like literally harry kim is on the bed suffering dying Mm -hmm. being eaten alive and like from the inside out you can't even give him some aspirin and like nothing he does can affect what's going on to his body he cannot put him under and like you just see like a tear roll down harry's cheek Mm -hmm. like it is effed up yeah that was pretty super dark which again had a rough time of it 
No, we said it before. He's clearly the O'Brien of this show. Like, if something bad's going to happen to somebody, it's probably going to be him. Yeah, when he wandered off alone on Borg Cube, you was like, oh no, it's only a matter of time, Harry. Just just bring four people. Just bring four people. Don't bring an odd number. You can split up that way. Bring four people. I said, what's this Scooby-Doo bullshit, Chakotay, you fucking idiot? Stay together. Kim, go die. We've got some stuff to do. (laughs) Seriously. Oh, God. Torres does something like nuts to Oh me. yeah. Because she can't she can't um beam them back and she says, "What if I get a t- a skeleton lock? <laughs> My what f- if I lock on their skeletons and beam their skeletons back what are you doing, Torres?" <laughs> My, My favorite part of that exchange was she goes, "I know. I'll do a skeletal lock like it's a thing everyone's heard of." And Jamie goes, "What's that?" And she goes, "I just came up with it." It's then don't say it like it's matter of fact, you psycho. <laughs> I liked it. I liked how I mean, excited I, I she liked was. The, oh yeah, there was a. But I will say there were two moments in this episode. I think one of them was when I don't remember what exactly was happening. Shit. Oh, it was yeah. It was during that scene. It was actually that same scene with the skeletal lock. And like when Janeway first sends over the away party to the to the board cube, she's like, "Don't worry, we'll keep a lock on you the whole time." Mm. And then they cut to later when shit goes wrong, and Torres is like, ah, I, I can't get a lock. And, and like, Kate Mulgrew just like gave her the stink. She eye. did. It was like a great, it was like a great, like, <laughs> you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> I told them we'd keep a fucking lock. <laughs> They're on a board cube, you understand. And then there's another point where. <laughs> uh, so, something else happened, and I think it was Chakotay yelled at Bolana for for, for for like fucking up something with the transporter lock. I think it was when they were trying to get Janeway off the cube. Yeah, yeah, just do whatever. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell me you can't do. Yeah, don't tell me you can't. You're talking no! I was like, man, Bolana's getting <laughs> getting fucking reamed out this episode. Jesus, she's Klingon. Maybe she likes it. Yeah, she can take it. I did think walking around the the Borg cube with malfunctioning Borg. That was creepy. Wandering around. It felt like either you were walking through like a video game or a haunted house. Yeah. yeah. I liked I liked it. Well, I like the idea that like the Borgs are just they don't they can't think on their own. Yeah. So when they're busted, they just probably just just like a broken amusement park ride are just going to repeat the same actions like that poor board that was trying to assimilate the aliens i was about to say that one that one kind of broke the mood a little because it was a little too comical because he was just like what like it was like sad he'd been doing it for hours yeah like nope still no nope i have one job and it's to try to assimilate this ship doesn't matter how long it takes me i can get this done he eventually just starts going to the pile and just gluing bits to it. Like, there! Close enough. <laughs> <sighs> Good enough for government work, Borg. I was surprised that when Janeway basically said, like, well, we've got two options. Get killed by Borg or aliens, or live in the Delta Quadrant forever. That Chakotay didn't just advocate, like, let's just live in the Delta yeah, Quadrant let's live here. Didn't he eventually... Build so many tubs? I think he eventually was like, maybe we he, just... He kept saying, like, he said at least twice, we may find another way. Yeah. Which basically is, I think, his way of saying, no, we're stuck here, but I want to say that just to try to convince her that said yeah did they really need the borgs in the end to do what they did 
Nope. Because they could have taken some extra time, developed the you know the vaccine, I guess you know whatever you want to call it, the the, the weapon against eight four seven two, and then just flown through the Northwest Passage, blasting eight four seven two as they went. Because yeah. that's the whole reason they they needed to they wanted they couldn't go through the Northwest Passage was because it was infested with eight four seven two. Of course, but, the... but if they had a weapon against eight four seven two, they could just fly through there. Maybe they wanted the Borg to do their dirty work for them. Yeah, but now they've given the Borg a weapon. The mm. Northwest Passage was also never a sure thing. Like there no. is still Borg, like directly to your side. Yeah, but a sure thing, it was not true. But a temporary alliance with the Borgs seems even less That's of a very, such a terrible fucking idea. <laughs> like, yeah, and no, I was definitely with Chakotay on this one. It was yeah, like, no, I, this is this is bad. Yeah, I actually thought that was at one of the better conversations between Janeway and Chakotay. The I think this is the worst idea, and I didn't want to say it in front of everybody because I'm mm. actually a terrible first officer who, who won't like say no to you in front of people because I'm scared. Well, it's, I don't think it's appropriate for the first officer to question the captain in front of the crew. I think it's a you take him aside. You and think? I, I do. I think, I think he should have brought it up before she decided it was what it was the plan. I think she should have discussed it with her senior staff before. She, she was. Decided. That's what she was doing. Yeah. I, I think in a case like this, when it's like super crisis time, you need to put up the united front, and then you go. Ah, so this see this is when when the captain says, "Hey, let's go have a chit chat with the Borg and try to team up." That's when you go to Tuvok and you're like, "Hey." Remember the mutiny scenario? Yes. How do we actually do that? It was very fun that the moment Chakotay got in charge, he was already going to mutiny against himself. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's that's something structurally in the in the second episode that's kind of funky. Is you've got Janeway on the Borg ship, the Borg ship gets exploded, and a chunk of the ship gets transported into one of the cargo bays, mm-hmm. along with some Borg and Tuvok and Janeway. So Janeway didn't die, yay. But Janeway's knocked out. She's knocked out for like five minutes, and then she's awake again. And it felt really back and forth. Like Chakotay never really had any time to actually be in charge mm. during that second part of the episode. Well, he just he he had enough time to think about not doing what Janeway well, wanted. Well, no, he did. He I did mean, space he, the Borg. Yeah, he spaced the Borg. Well, it's because uh, they tried to get out. But but he that's but he oh, had, that's he, yeah. he had already yeah. told them we're canceling the we're canceling the deal. Pray I don't alter oh, further. further. You know, he'd already basically told them, fuck you. No deal. We're going to dump you on some shit-ass planet. And then all of the Borg will attack me specifically, Chakotay. <laughs> yeah. Bad plan. See, this would have been a good opportunity for him to uh, phone phone his Borg, Borg friends and be like, hey, mm. hey, come give us a hand. I mean, a handy. Yeah, well, he, that was that's for later. Oh, dear. That would have been interesting. Can he use a Borg, like a Borg transponder, to communicate with them however far away they are? Yeah. Because they're hooked up to the to all the Borgs now. No, they have their own private, they're on their own they're on their private server. Okay. Yeah. And everybody else is on just like PubNet. Yeah. You need the secret password. You need to be in their, in their Discord to get onto the, the good mm-hmm. Borg team. Yeah, gotta give at least $5 to their Patreon to get the Discord password. Yeah. Right. Harry coming back on the on the bridge was also mm. the, the happiest scene in the whole fucking show. Because he comes back and he says, I'm all better now. And he's just gleeful <laughs> for the only time in his life. So I wonder if 
the reason why they had him on death's door is because they weren't sure if they were gonna bring him back. Yeah. Oh shit, that's yeah. a good point, man. Mm. Yeah, because they don't cure him until after the season. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't get he doesn't show back up until the second. Yeah, episode. they have a potential cure, but will he live long enough? Yeah. Hmm. Well, will we live long enough to make it through the rest of this season? Well, we we already did. Oh my god, we did! Yeah. We made it! Oh, we're like Harry Kim on the bridge! That was a segue! Yay! Oh, you got some tubule coming out of your nose, though. Shut up. Oh god, that's right. What? They're like fucking Balani. He's still got a tendril there. It's like, we are still in the middle of a crisis. Now is not the time. <laughs> you know, though, you know what actually was really missing from this episode? Gratuitous Tom and Balana flirting scene. Good. <laughs> there were lots of great opportunities. I'm surprised, like, after he, she was getting yelled at. Yeah. Tom could have been like, oh, it's okay, babe. Don't take it personally. It's just a catastrophe. Hey, baby, want to join my collective? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the no is what made it. This is going to be a long-ass episode. We're just making it longer with our top and bottom threes of uh, Season 3 of Voyager. Ooh. We wrapped it up. We're here. We watched all of them. And I'm going to tell you my tops right now because I have them in front of me because fuck it. Sure. All right. Uh, tippy tippy top. I'm going to call it before and after. Okay. Which one's before and after again? Before and after is uh, Kess going backwards in That's time. That's your top? That's your top That's episode? my top. All right. Fair enough. Holy shit. What? Nothing. I love... I really like that episode. I like time travel. I like I like clever shit like that. I thought it was well done. Listen, you don't have to you don't have to defend yourself to him. Our tops and our, our bottoms are our tops and our bottoms. Gross. <laughs> uh, what? And also Jennifer Lean's really good in it. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm gonna say distant origin because it's very interesting. Dinosaurs, if you ignore the fact that, what the fuck, dinosaurs? It's actually a very cool episode. It's got a Galileo plot. Uh, It's got some good acting as well. That one's really fun. And my number three, I'm going to give it to Remember. Hmm. With Torres living the life of uh, that girl who was in love with a a boy who was a technophobe. Yeah. Because I relate. What is that episode called again? Remember. (laughs) No, the dinosaur one. Distant origin. (laughs) Just, just in case there's questions later. Okay. What is? Are those literally your your bottom three? I'm not gonna say. Just oh my we'll get god! To it. Jesus Christ! Okay, who's who wants to go next? I'll go next. Do it. In any order? In third place. Remember. Nice. Because it's good. Yeah. Number two. Real life. Oh yeah. I really liked real life. I got really emotionally Very invested sad. invested in mm-hmm. that shit. Yeah, but I love being sad. That's mm-hmm. like, I'm a lifelong depressive. That's like my wheelhouse. And I think I'm going to put number one at Distant Origin. Sweet. With a honorable mention to Q and the Grey. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Civil <laughs> War Q. <laughs> love that episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got Susie Plaxen. I'll give, I'll, give, I'll give you that yeah. one for her. Because she's great. I'm going to go next. Okay. Oh, well, fine. Number three, False Prophets. I know. I, only number three. Really? Come on. I'm not gonna lie. You're, you're nothing if one. not predictable. For yeah. I found this season a bit. The hard part picking this season was that a lot of this season, for me at least, was just like fine. Mm. But there weren't like like I had to go back and look at everything to even find like like I saw I was like oh yeah no that oh, oh. or oh yeah sure but like usually when I do this I've already had a few candidates floating around and this and that and this time I was like what the fuck even happened this time. Like, I didn't think False Prophets, when I watched it, would make the list. Because I was like, this was fun, but they'll be better. Oh. Next up, 
I have to sort of qualify. All the extras were horrible, but I still loved Rise. Oh, cool. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it was a good Neelix episode. Him and uh, Tuvok had some really good interaction. But yes, there was not a single, <laughs> you know, principal extra in that episode who wasn't a fucking terrible actor. And number one, remember. Cool. Great episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I'll go then. Uh, and these are in no particular order. No particular order, but I'll actually, I'm going to start with night number one. Tippy top favorite episode, Threshold, for the second season in a row, which is amazing. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Um, no, I'm kidding. What the fuck just happened? I'm kidding, of course. Jake made a funny. I made a funny. Uh, no, my top three, this is and this is why, you, why, I, why I thought it was funny. Remember, Before and After, and Distant Origin. <laughs> oh! Okay, that's why it's funny. I thought... Say, I, I didn't know you, you particularly liked before and after. So. Yeah, I actually, I you know, I, I'm a sucker for uh, time travel shenanigans. But, you know, especially when they're done in an interesting way, you know, as opposed to like, you know, Future's End, which, you know, it was fine, but it's just the same. The crew goes back in time to the present day and does something stupid. Yeah. Uh, trope but like before and after was a time travel shenanigan that... i don't know we didn't get uh sarah silverman we did in, not get sarah in, silverman in, in, as a dinosaur or that's anything. true <laughs> so yeah, yeah. she'd make a good dinosaur yeah, yeah and like this origin again i think you know it that episode is easy to dismiss because it's fucking dinosaurs and like the the science is is, is shoddy but at the end of the day it's i, I think it's a perfect example not yeah, perfect example but a very a good example of using sci-fi to talk about contemporary issues yeah and like in my mind you know slight spoilers for uh, picard season two there's there's one of my biggest issues with that show is that they're dealing with they deal with contemporary issues by doing time travel scenarios and literally have the characters dealing with the contemporary issues mm. that's not sci-fi that's just that's drama. just that's just drama so yeah, i like that about distant origin that they did it about dinosaurs in the future. <laughs> Creationist dinosaurs in the future. I love it. What about you, Rossi? Right. Um, I know you made a list. I did make a list. It's a long list. They're oh, all no. my favorite. Your top three choose. is 20 episodes long. Um, so definitely remember. Yay! Remember really, really good. Before and after as well. I'm going to go with worst case scenario. That's also a good I, I one. That was good. No, it's I'm fun. surprised most people There's, didn't have that. It's a very fun episode. Um, Which one is that again? That's the one with the... Sessa. Sess, the simulated, uh, the one we just watched last oh, week. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Some of my favorite things about it are, well, so it, it reminds me a lot of the movie adaptation, um, mm. if you've seen that. I have not. I know, I, yeah. I remember loving it. It's, it's, it's good, and there's, there's some similarities, but, like, some of my favorite stuff in, in the worst case scenario episode was about halfway through when Tom and Tuvok are deciding that they're gonna write. A continuation. There's like five different people who offer <laughs> yes, advice. Yes. Yep. All the jokes are actually good, which all is the, shocking. All the jokes are good, but not only that, everything that gets suggested is what happens next. Because one person says they want romance, and Seska, Seska, and Chicote ah, start having like romance. Right. One person, one person wanted a, a twist that comes out of nowhere. Which is Seska literally being a twist that comes out of nowhere. Okay, now did we also get the story of a chef who used to be a... Right. I mean, Neelix was there. <laughs> like, it's, it's so it's just 
throwing throwing those things was just so like metatextual and stuff. I really loved I really loved that. Yeah, that um, was a good episode at keeping the stakes constantly heightening and also changing. Yeah. Which uh, yeah, I appreciate. And and it's it starts off just just goofy fun and like you know it's a, it's nice it's nice to have something that is kind of fun and like most of the characters kind of would get into it and it felt it was one of the few examples where it really did feel like you have this like really close-knit community where there's a secret and then instantly everyone knows mm-hmm. like there's yeah. literally no way to to stop it from mm-hmm. happening because um, who told the, you well i heard it from neelix because yeah. the emh can't keep his fucking mouth shut yeah i did i did like that it's like you obviously thought that like you know Bellano was like, Tom, how could you tell Harry about it? And so Harry's Harry did not find out from Tom. <laughs> Tom was actually Tom was a good boy. I do want to make a really quick comment on flashback, which is the episode oh, with Sulu, with Sulu yeah. and Tuvok. I think that the that episode was unfortunately very weak, mm-hmm. and it had a couple things that could have been really cool about like exploring like mental history and past and stuff. But like the big thing is, is I really freaking love the idea of this memory parasite that just jumps from person to person as they're dying and like lives in the distant past as a traumatic memory that like the person now is is convinced that they have mm. and that it is like this it's like it's literally like a meme it's literally like what a meme is it's like you know this an idea that you know exists on like the topological landscape of like human brains versus hmm. versus being a living creature it's it's hmm. it's something that has a completely different substrate from what we exist with yeah, and i, I really like, like i it. like flashback a lot. it's it's I'm not, not like these assholes yeah. who hate it's it it's not reason. a bad episode but like i really feel like concentrating on one thing or another would have been better yeah and also they they find a new kind of life form not even a new life form it's not like a new bug it is a new kind of life form yeah, and they just instantly kill it and they don't even <laughs> they don't even they don't even say it was necessary because i don't think it was i mean it's not really doing any harm in there right right so someone someone could easily volunteer and be like i will take this on to i will harbor this entity anyway i'm i'm not here to relitigate that episode so <laughs> it was harming Tuvok. Though. It was harming yeah, Tuvok, but yeah, that's it's bad for Vulcan. Yeah, yeah. It's not supposed to be in 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 Tuvok, and it's and it jumped to another person. But keeping that in mind, it was in Tuvok for eighty fucking years. Yeah, it took its yeah. time so to it, fuck it him didn't up. Harm him for a while. So yeah, I think I think it's I think it's literally like like if you look at like Starfleet law, like they literally committed a crime that's by funny. like by nuking this thing, even though they did not have to. It was well, they're probably never going to get home again, so no worries. Right. Right. You know the things that were harming me? The episodes, episodes. on my yeah. bottom rated list. Because, oh boy. There, actually, there wasn't a lot that I would say was really bad, except for these three. And the others were just a lot of like, okay, you went that direction with it. Eh? But eh. these three were the shit. I'm going to start off with my The number- shit is a good thing. These were the shitty. Oh. The shitter, the shitty. Something can be shit. Something being shit is bad. Something being the, the shit, shit is good. The shitty. Uh, I'm going to start with num- my, my number three bad, uh, Coda. Just too many mm. plots. They did not fit together. Nope. Ghost Dad got re- weird and wrong. Didn't yeah. care for Coda. It was a discombobulated mess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Sacred Ground. Oh, True. yeah. Just boring. Just so much watching Janeway paint shit. It never seemed to have a point. Didn't like Sacred Ground. I don't even know if it knew what message it was trying to make. It did not. And the worst episode I think I've seen since Prophet and Lace is Blood Fucking Fever. Mm. Because it's the same kind of shit as Prophet and Lace in that we're just going to make 
Rape okay. Son of a fucking bitch. Yeah, yeah. Yuck. Hate it. No, that's fair. Hate that episode. Favorite son. Really? Yeah. Why? He's stupid. It's boring. <laughs> we've done we've done it before. I don't okay. care. It's All just right. yeah. <laughs> I just hated it. I don't know. I just didn't like it. Tell me no, bad list because it's bad. What do you, what yeah, do you what want the fuck? from me? because it's, it's bad, obviously. Sacred Ground. <laughs> yep, yep. Because mm-hmm. it's bad. Yeah. It's very bad. And Scorpion. Because, Ooh. motherfucker, how could you make the most interesting fucking baddie on this show so goddamn boring? Was so bored. So bored. And I wanted to be excited. I really like the Borg. But it's just like with the Weeping Angels and Doctor Who. The more, it's like you said, the more we know about them, the like less interesting they get. It's true. As I don't want to think about them as individuals. I want to think of them as a mindless killing machine. Because that's fucking scary. You can't reason with that. You can't reason with a shark. This is a shark space shark that lives in a cube. <laughs> and you can't fucking reason with that. And that's way scarier than being like, hey, do you have any like conventionally attractive 20-something women in tight outfits that we could, like, have a conversation with. Or also human from from the Alpha Quadrant. I'm now just picturing a really happy shark in a spaceship that's a cube full of water and he's just puttering around space. Whee! Baby shark. No! No, stop it. Jake! Jake, save us. Wait, didn't you go next? Yeah, you were. I was? Oh. I'll save us. I think, yeah, like with Ames, like, even of my three, I would say I only think two were like, truly, genuinely awful. My number three was just kind of like, yeah, I guess that was bad. Uh, Macrocosm. Oh, okay. Because... Bad CG? Even that aside, like, it was alien for five minutes, but then it was also a weird flashback thing with the... It was just tonally all over the place. And yeah, the CG didn't help. Like, I could forgive bad CG if the episode was good enough, but it was not. The actually, genuinely fucking horrible Sacred Ground... And Blood Fever. Mm-hmm. Blood Fever was on my short list, for what it's worth. Since I feel like a bad feminist right now. Yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> Jay? Okay, well, should I just that tab? All right, so, in no particular order, we have Sacred Ground. Mm-hmm. Darkling Duck. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Doctor. Sure. <laughs> Dr. Doctor and... Mr. Doctor (laughs) and Diet Dr. Pepper. Uh, Just because, like, I don't know. I know, I think, was that the one that Sitting directed? I think it was, yeah. I think it might have been the one he directed. I know he directed one episode that I didn't care for. And it's like, it reminded me a lot of when when the Dr. Bashir episode... Uh, when he was Vantica? When he was Vantica. <laughs> okay, but that was amazing for sure. the wrong reasons. Uh, Is that the one where he sounded like a Dracula? Yeah. Yes. That's the thing. Here's the thing. He doesn't sound like a Dracula. They cut the right, existence right. of him sounding like a yeah. Dracula. He just talked really slowly. Right, right. We misremembered it as Dracula but because... Like the... So like what? Like he was like a talk boy tape recorder? <laughs> um, cord? I Yeah, but you know, I didn't like... The doctor's portrayal. I did not like what Picardo did in that episode doing the evil doctor. It just seemed too arch. And yeah, um, I just didn't care for it. And then the other one, I'm going to pick another one of an actor acting outside their wheelhouse and not succeeding in Warlord. Whoa! Really? Yeah. See, I like wow. Warlord. Yeah. I, you know, it's hearing what everybody else's bottoms, I'm like, oh yeah, that might have been worse than Warlord. 
similar, but I don't know. There was just something about it I did not care for. That's fair. And it stuck out to me as like something that that wanted to be at the bottom. But I, I'll be I'll be fair. I think any of your bottoms could have been my bottom. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but what about Ross? I say you, James. Does he agree with any of I these? I am also sacred ground. Mm. Also blood fever. Did sacred ground sweep? Did everyone say sacred ground? Yeah, yeah. Sacred ground. I am quite shocked that we didn't all say blood fever. I just couldn't really, I couldn't remember it that well, to be honest with you. Like, Chris was like, you know, it was the Pond Far one, and I was like, okay, so it sucked, but I didn't remember much specifically about it. There's just just a lot of sexual assault. So much. And what's the other one? I'm I'm a little torn, because I've got favorites on Coda and uh, Darkling. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. um, I think I'm going to go with Coda. Like, it was just, Coda tried to do, like, five or six different things in that episode and didn't really accomplish any of them, so... Yeah, it was yeah. it was maybe the most annoying to watch. At least at least favorite son and darkling. Like you would eventually get into the groove of the badness of it, and it would move. Yeah, Coda but, just kept shifting gears. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's but, like that Treehouse of Horror where where Bart makes a pigeon rat, or no, the other son. What's yeah. the other son's name? Oh God, the other one. The, I don't know. The, the the good son. Yeah, makes a pigeon rat by stapling a pigeon yeah, and a rat, rat together. together. Yeah. What was his name? Not Rudiger. That's what Bart calls himself once, as a an alias. Alec. I do not remember. Mm. While we're waiting for Chris to look it up. Yeah, I figured people would just keep talking. <laughs> no, um, we will yeah. stop. Cool. Well, is it? Do you want me to jake us out? No, wait. No, you jake us we're out. We're also not jaking out. What do you mean? We're jaking off. Are we we? have one more thing we want to do today. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the thing. All right, so y'all will, will remember, you'll, you'll, we've been listening to our podcast for 50 fucking years now. We do this every so often. Usually, you know, by the end of the summer or so, we put together a fanfic. And today's the day we're going to pick our names for our fanfics uh, so that we have time to write. And then Caitlin can write within the fi- five minutes before the episode. Exactly. And since Rossi is here, Rossi's going to help us out so that <gasps> we don't so we don't lie, Me. as I am I, so as much. I intended intended to do. The evil twin or the good twin was Hugo Simpson. Uh huh. All right. So what we have that's some good foley is a very stylish hat with all the names of the main characters up through season three in the hat. Since we haven't really met Seven of Nine enough to to write for her character yet, so Rossi's going to pick a character. To be our focus character in our fanfics, whether they be teleplay style or story style, is up to the writer, I guess. So, we're all so each of us character? is getting one, or what's happening? Rossi's picking for each of us. Oh, okay. okay. But so we're each getting one. Yes. Okay, who, great. Who am I picking for first? You decide. You're the guest. I feel like you get to pick. Ames. Okay. I pick for you. Oh, God. What do you get? You get Chakotay. Yes! I was looking for Chakotay! I was going to do him no matter what I got! <laughs> you have Chakotay. Yes! Now I, now that I've been saying for weeks now, I'll be the one to write a good Chakotay episode, put my money where my mouth is, and fucking do it. Get it, girl. Well, before you look at the name. What? Who are you going to pick for next? Oh, okay. Okay. Ready? Okay. You get Janeway. Ooh, Okay. Do it's other not people, Neelix. Do other people call you Kate? I never hear people call you Kate. Nobody calls me Kate. Sorry. Only, That's okay. Only, you, you only can. James oh, okay. calls you Kate. You can, oh, actually. You. I'm actually kind of okay with it. Oh, thank you. Well, if it ever bothers I'm call you, you Kate Dizzle. There it is. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> Jake. Okay. You get Neelix. 
It's totally going to be right, Neelix. Yeah. All right, let's see. Uh, you get Tuvok. Ah, Tuvok. Ooh, okay. I think Jake Should would be, do a good Tuvok. Yeah, some good, interesting yeah. Tuvok stories. That's I could even smart. do a Tuvok on the Excelsior story. Mm, oh, Ooh. That'd be interesting. Before he's I mean, got you his could, but, but why would you? Because kidding. Sulu. Because right. then you also get to, it gets to be a Sulu story. I'm just kidding. Jake can do whatever he wants. And we'll, I mean, I'll love it. You and know what Jake's man. biggest fan? Tuvok, Spock, Slash. Oh, I'm definitely on board. Wow. I hope you're ready. <laughs> yes. All right, Chris. You get Kim. Nice. Oh, Harry Kim. Sweet. Do you want secondary characters? There's enough. I wasn't expecting to have secondary characters. So you were just going to have the one character? Yeah, well, we, we, we did well, then, no, yeah. then, then we do what we want yeah, with no, the one no, character. No, yeah, that's fine. That's good. Yeah. But I will see <laughs> who a secondary character would be. Neelix. <laughs> oh, this is like a deal or no deal when they finally Torres. get shit. Torres. I got Torres as my secondary yeah. character. Cool. Chris's secondary character <laughs> as an option is the Doctor. Ooh, oh, that's a good, that's high quality. Rossi's making up rules Ava's as we go. optional secondary character Neelix. for bonus points. You get Paris. Oh, oh gross, I do which like means Paris. I get Neelix. Or Kess, 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 Kess. No, you get Neelix. <laughs> <laughs> you get Chainway and Neelix. That's that's probably oh, the best that, that would be pretty hot, to get. be honest. I ship them. <laughs> anyway, but no we're not required cast. to write about the secondary character. You got cast. You got a tertiary character. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this has been a long. Let's wrap this up now. While while I'm still partly sane. Thank you again for listening. We will get these fanfics out for you. I think November, uh, September eighth, around the the anniversary time. Yeah. It'll be anniversary for Star Trek. It'll be anniversary for us. There's gonna be fanfics to celebrate. Woo. It's my favorite time of year, as long as I write a good story. We'll see. You always do. Literally always. Aw, hush. So that'll be that'll be our September plans. Next week we have different plans. Uh, so this week we did our our season three wraps. You can see them on the Tumblr and do all the things. Next week we're gonna talk about a different type of season wrap. We're gonna do another ten forward ne- next week, or at least that's the plan right now, as long as nothing goes horribly wrong. <laughs> so next week we're going to actually look at the first season of Strange New Worlds, which has ended fairly recently, and by now we've all certainly caught up. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, don't you know? Uh, and we're gonna tell you what we thought about it and how much Spock fucking gets it a lot. Wow, Spock! Holy shit! I will say. Beardless Ethan Peck is growing on me. At first, really? without the beard, I was like, I don't know, but I. Mm. Where are you on Ethan Mouse's hair? Oh, I love Ethan <laughs> Mouse's hair. Uh, so that's the plan for next week. If that doesn't go as we planned, more Voyager, because that's bound to happen anyway. And you, you love it. You're here for it. So check that out over there. Check out our Facebook, our Twitter, all those things. We're on it. It's fine. Until next time, I think that's all I needed to say. Yeah, we're fuck everything else. This has been Chicote. This has been Janeway. This has been. Tuvok. Oh, sorry. This has been Janeway. <laughs> this has been Tuvok. This has apparently been Kim. I'm James. And James. Hi. James did this to us. Oh God. You're welcome. <laughs> um, uh, you can be Neelix. I'll be Neelix. I like Neelix. Good. Good. We I are actually. I stick I, up. I stick up for Neelix. I. I Except for when they're making him jealous, which they've not done uh, in yeah. a long time. I actually have a... I, I'm quite fond of him. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's coffee in that percolator. <laughs> Janeway would not use a percolator if she actually likes coffee. Whoa. Damn, I use a percolator. Um, oh, no, you use shit. a... You use oh, no, a we use a maker. Drip. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
Now, percolators are used by old people whose taste buds are so gone from 40 years of constant ah. smoking, they can't taste anything anyway. We were terrified this morning because our power briefly went out, and we thought, oh no, we're not, there's not going to be coffee today. <laughs> so Jake went to Tunkies. There we go. Yeah. No, Not having coffee because you lack power is very Janeway of you. True. True. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Good night. Coffee. Sorry, Thank you. Bye. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>